there. We will not be there. We will not be able to look upon them. But, but here, this particular theologian says that not only we, we and God will be able to look at them, but we will, be, we will receive joy by watching them in their torment. Now, you think that that's an unusual and a cruel version? Well, i got news for you. Most of the theologians of Orthodox Christianity have held that kind of view. Here's Peter Lombard, the master of sentences. Therefore the elect shall go to see the torments of the impious, seeing which they will not be grieved, but will be satiated with joy at the sight of the unutterable calamity of the pious. Now, dear Christian, you may not believe this, and you may find this very harsh, but I want you to know those are the roots of traditional Christianity. This, these are the people that have perpetuated the teaching of hell and brought it into the 20th century. Martin Luther, when asked whether the blessed will be saddened by seeing their nearest and dearest tortured, answers, not in the least. If you notice here, these people are being tortured. They're being damned. They're being punished. They're being sent there by God. And God is not away from them. Uh, Dr. Wallace says that, that uh, this hell is, uh, is separation from God. The Bible says, Lo, though I make my bed in hell, lo, thou art there. And, and we see that, the, that the, the, the blessed, the elect, the angels, and God himself are right there watching this and somehow are being are pleased by what they see. Gerhard, the blessed will see their friends and relatives among the damned as often as they like without the least of compassion. Andrew Wellwood speaks of the saints as being overjoyed with beholding the vengeance of God. Here again, we're talking about us going to this place of our own accord. This, they're speaking of the vengeance of God. And their beholding of the smoke of the torment of the wicked as a passing delectation. Samuel Hopson, Hop, Hopkins. This display of the divine wrath will be most entertaining to all who love God and will give them the highest and most ethical pleasure. Should the fire of this eternal punishment cease, it would be in a great measure, it would in a great measure obscure the light of heaven and put an end to a part of the happiness and glory of the blessed. Again, this is what the church has taught for thou for 1,600 years. Menasius Felix, nor to these torments will there be any measure or termination. There the sentient fire burns limbs and renews them, feeds on them, and nourishes them. Again, literal bodies, literal flames, torment. The wretched bodies of the damned shall simmer and blaze in those living fires. Cyprian. And Tertullian, one of the few early church fathers who taught eternal damnation, he came from the school of Rome, Carthage. At the greatest of all spectacles, that last and eternal judgment, how shall I admire, how laugh, how rejoice, how exalt, and how, when I behold so many proud monarchs groaning in the lowest abyss of darkness, so many magistrates liquefying in fiercer flames than they ever kindled against the Christians, so many sages, philosophers blushing in red-hot fires with their deluded pupils, so many tragedians more tuneful 
in the expression of their own sufferings, so many dancers tripping more nimbly from anguish than ever before, from applause. A hell of separation that that people chose to by rejecting Jesus? I don't think so. That's not what the traditional church taught. The, the, the hell of modern evangelicalism and modern Catholicism is not only not found in the Bible, it's not found in the traditional church either. Now on the program I tried to make a point that there were many Bible translations that do not have the word hell in them, and I got cut off uh, when I uh, made a comment that the Catholic Bible uh, that used to have uh, the word hell in it 108, 110 times, today the new uh, imprimatur approved, uh, Pope approved New American Bible doesn't have the word hell in it from cover to cover. Big shock to a lot of Catholics. Uh, I've talked to a few friends of mine that are Catholic and they were, they're just shocked by, by the reality of that. He tried to say that even though the word hell may not be in some Bibles, the concept of everlasting punishment is. He's, he's right in some translations and he's wrong in a whole lot of others. There are many Bible translations that not only don't have the word hell in them from cover to cover, but the concept of everlasting punishment, everlasting destruction is not in, the, in those Bibles from cover to cover either. I didn't get a chance to list some of those. I'll, I'll do that right now. Uh, a full list, a book, uh, a, uh, an article called Hell is Leaving the Bible Forever on the Tentmaker website and the What the Hell is Hell website has a list of these Bible translations. Uh, avail yourself to them. I'll mention some of them right now. The Scarlet's New Testament in 1798 does not have the concept of everlasting punishment in it. The New Testament in Greek and in English uh, 1823 does not have the word hell in it, nor the concept of everlasting punishment from cover to cover. Young's literal translation, 1891, does not have hell nor everlasting punishment. 20th century New Testament, no hell, no everlasting punishment. Rotherham's emphasized, no hell, no everlasting punishment. Fenton's Holy Bible in modern English, no hell or everlasting punishment. Weymouth's New Testament in modern, modern speech, the same. The Jewish Bible, the Jewish Publication Society Bible, 1917. Most people don't realize, but the word hell is not in the Old Testament. Three quarters of the, of the Christian Bible, the whole Jewish Bible, hell doesn't exist. Christ, Jews are not taught uh, this modern Protestant Catholic hell. Why? Because it's not from Genesis to Malachi. Go into the NIV, go into the New American Standard, go in the NRSV, go into you know, your leading uh, modern English translations that you can buy in any Christian bookstore. From Genesis to Malachi, no hell. How did it all of a sudden come in Jesus' mouth in the book of Matthew when we don't find it in the foundation of Christianity? That's a question that I probably won't get a chance to talk about here, but I would encourage you to go to the tentmaker.org website and f avail yourself to the information. The answer is, is there, and it's glorious, and it's wonderfully good news. Pannon's Numeric Bible, no hell, no everlasting punishment. The People's New Covenant, Hansen's New Covenant, Western New Testament, New Testament of our Lord and Savior Anointed, Concordant Literal New Testament, the New Testament, a translation, 
emphatic diaglot, a Greek-English interlinear, the restoration of original sacred name Bible, the Tanakh, holy scriptures, the New Testament, a new translation, Orthodox Jewish Brit Hadashah, a critical paraphrase of the New Testament. None of these translations have the word hell in them, nor the concept of everlasting punishment. So I correct you, Dr. Jerry Walls, when you say that even those Bible translations that don't have hell in them, they, they still teach eternal torment. No, all of the ones that I just quoted do not. Some of these Bible translations that I just mentioned are available from uh, Orthodox Christian publishers. You can get some of them, not all of them, some of them are out of print, but you can get some of them at the tentmaker.org uh, bookstore. If you go to the tentmaker.org site and click on uh, resources, tentmaker resources, and go, um, they're available there. One of the problems that many people have with um, understanding what I'm trying to say is that there is, there's a passage in, in many leading translations, Everlasting Punishment, in Matthew 25, 46. And there's another place where we find the word everlasting destruction. There are many translations that do not have that kind of a translation. They have age-abiding correction or uh, age-during punishment or punishment of the ages. These other translations that I just quoted, that's how they render Matthew 25:46. The word aeon in its adjective aeonius should never have been translated uh, eternal, forever, everlasting. These are mistranslations. I can't get into this in any depth, but I encourage you to, to go to uh, read a book, Aeon, Aeonius, on our website. It's free. Uh, for download, or you can buy it at, uh, at our bookstore. But I'll give you enough information right here to get you thinking and to show you that in your own translation, Aeon Aeonius has been mistranslated in certain passages where it's, it should be abundantly clear to you, and then at least it will give you the, enough of a, of an, of a uh, whatever to show you that it's been mistranslated in these other passages where they're tormented day and night forever and ever in the book of Revelation. Mistranslation. Everlasting punishment in Matthew 25, 46. Mistranslation. Now watch. I'm going to show you in your translation where you can see the error yourself. In Jonah 2, 6, we read, The bars of the earth held Jonah forever. Well, we know that Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. He wasn't there forever. The King James translate, translators mistranslated that word. The word olam, which is the equivalent of aeon in the Greek, means an indeterminate period of time that you don't know the end of until the end comes. In the case of Jonah, he, was, he didn't know how long he was in there because he lost reference to the sun. He didn't know whether it was day or night there because it was dark. He was there for three days and three nights. That's how short an olam, an aeon, can be. In Exodus 21.6, we, we read that a slave is a slave forever. Well, you can't be a slave forever. You can be a slave for as long as you're here on the earth. But according to uh, Exodus here, a slave can be a slave forever. Mistranslation. The Old Covenant, which has been replaced, according to Paul, by the New, Test, New Covenant, 
it says in Leviticus 16.34, it's an everlasting covenant. Again, a mistranslation. The old covenant has been done away with. The mountains in Habakkuk 3.6 and Revelation 21.1 are called everlasting. And we know that this earth will pass away. They can't possibly be everlasting. A mistranslation. The Aaronic priesthood we know has been replaced by the Melchizedek priesthood. And yet in Numbers 25.13, leading translations say it's an everlasting priesthood. Again, a mistranslation. The temple, Solomon's temple, was to, to, to last forever. The temple is gone. 1 Kings 9.3. Smoke speaks uh, in Isaiah 34.10. It speaks of the smoke going forever. We know that on this earth, smoke does not last forever. Can there be anything beyond forever? According to Daniel 12.3, one can. We find forever and beyond. Again, it can't happen. So these are, in many other places, I have literally dozens of examples of where in your Bible translation, you can see for yourself in English that the translators, the English translators, both the Reformator translators and modern scholars have mistranslated the word aeon. That's as far as I can go on that. But like I said, there's a wealth of information on that one word, aeon, and its adjective, aeonius. Now, the program was entitled Hell, Fact, or Fiction, and and obviously I took the point that hell is a fiction. It It was not in the original Greek and the Hebrew. It was not taught by Jesus. It was not taught by the apostles. It was not taught by the early church. So what was taught by the prophets, by Jesus, by the apostles, by the early church. What was in the scriptures? Well, I I wrote an article, it's also on our website, called The Greatest Christian uh, Sin Unbelief. And in it, I have a composite of scriptures that I've just chained together. And I want to read them to you. This is what um, is in the Bible. And unfortunately... Uh, And I think God allowed it for for his own purposes. Unfortunately, the church today is blind to it. It's in unbelief. The Bible is full of wonderful promises that the modern church, for some reason, can't see. Now, I hope and pray that those of you who are 